0: Hello, I'm Mirella.
1: Hello, I'm Zoe. Welcome to the Critical Obsession podcast.
0: We're going to talk about things that we love and that get us obsessed, like series, movies, books, maybe cats. Our latest obsession has been a Thai BL called Dangerous Romance. The episodes are free to watch on YouTube. There will be spoilers, so you should definitely go and watch the series before listening to us. Thank you about it.
1: A little disclaimer, the idea for this podcast was born on a normal day when she was drunk and I was hysterical. Hence the name. This will contain our personal opinions, random thoughts and theories, there will be cursing, and also be aware that topics may be adult in nature, and alcohol also may be involved.
0: Well, I think we will be painful to listen to, but bear with us. We already watched the first four episodes of Dangerous Romance, and we want to talk about it.
1: We plan on doing a podcast reaction after each new episode that comes out. However, for today, we're going to talk about episode three and four. If you're still with us after all this, join us on our downward swirl into our obsessions.
0: So now we're going to talk about episode three. I have a lot to say about this episode. I made a lot of notes. I even made a bit analytical on the intro music. I don't know if you noticed, but before the episode starts, we have this little melody from Shimon's song and it's a harp playing. And it's very beautiful and tender. And the harp as an instrument is a symbol of heaven and hope. And I feel like... We're told through music what this connection will mean to them. It's a very peaceful and healing sound. Have you noticed?
1: I actually never even noticed that. I'll have to go back and watch it now. Again. Yeah, it's lovely. Such a hardship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to do that, no. No. Watch again. (laughs) The tone in this episode shifts so much and i feel like this is the moment when the title hurts the series the most because you expect the this conflict to last longer but it pretty much gets re- gets resolved in episode 3 i remember it gave me whiplash because i it, and it, it takes a bit of time and knowing the title to understand where they are going with it like if you go past episode 3 you kind of see why they did it like they did but at this moment, when I started episode three, I was quite confused.
1: Yeah, I remember talking to you after after watching episode three and you were like, I don't know, I think it was too quick. Um, and I didn't disagree. It makes sense for them not to draw that that conflict out any longer because if they had drawn it out, it was only going to get worse. Let's be honest, the more time they they spent yeah. on, like, torturing each other, it was going to get worse kind of thing. Um, and I still think we're going to get some of that later, on, not in the sort of not not in the same context, of course. But you know, <laughs> we like to talk to the people that we love and who love us, um, most yep. of the time. Most of the time, not on purpose, but it happens. They
0: see, yeah, they see our worst parts, right? The people yeah. who are closest to us.
1: Yeah, they see the or worst we, in us. Or we try to stop them from seeing the worst of us, which ends up actually hurting them. Which is what I think is probably going to happen in this instance. But yeah, so I mean. I think they had to end that where they did but then the getting over it was was very quick and it was I saw and I'm gonna kick myself because I really meant to look this up but I was watching a reactor on YouTube and when we go for our break I'll grab the name and then I'll I'll mention it at at the start of the talk for episode four but I watched a um, YouTube reactor who makes good videos and he basically said something and i'm not sure if i can't remember if it was his thought or if he had read something on twitter or something let's face it we liked it we all we all garner information from everybody else i mean that's what i'm doing here but (laughs) he basically pointed out the fact that they're basically they are teenage boys (laughs) and uh, teenage boys you know i'm not to generalize but they tend not to hold on to things as much as perhaps like you and i might like I let things go more these days because I'm just tired and I can't be bothered. But as a teenage girl, I was all about the grudges, <laughs> um. Although not all the time, but yeah, if it was important enough. But yeah, he pointed out the fact that they were guys and that they're teenagers and that maybe, you know, they wouldn't hold on to it the same way that you know you would as an adult or something. So yeah, so I thought that was an interesting take.
0: I appreciate how. Kang decided to be upfront and honest with Salem when he is asked about the gun. And I feel like besides the fact that they're a teenage boy, this incident got them closer. And it's like there's no sense in pretending and putting up a front. They now they know deep truths about each other and it shows in the way they communicate right away.
1: Yeah. I mean they just went through a really quite a traumatic experience together and it bonds them instantly. And and you do. You see how comfortable they would come with each other later on but and this is like this is one of the things that actually occurred to me and this did occur to me like after i finished watching the episode and when you were saying to me you weren't sure like you you said i think you said to me something like you really enjoyed the episode but you're not really sure like was it too quick or something like that
0: and, yeah it gave me whiplash i said whiplash a lot of whiplash. times that day <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly I, I, actually think I do remember the, the word whiplash being used multiple times I had a thought in my head, but I, I couldn't quite come to terms with it and, like, verbalise it at the time. I had to do that thing, you know, where you wait and you think about it for a bit. But basically what it was, and I think this was why I was kind of okay with it. I mean, I as I said, I did think it was a bit fast, but I was pretty much okay with it, even before the, you know, the suggestion of, you know, being teenage guys or whatever, was that as fucked up as it is that... Kang took the gun there to do whatever he was going to do, you know, like try and scare him or whatever. If he had not gone there and taken that gang, what would have happened to Salom? And that's probably a thought that Salom had, because he's a pretty smart guy. Kang and his gun being there helped him.
0: Kang staying there and taking care of him and making sure that he is fine, giving him uh, comfort. Yeah. and Mm. He... Look differently in Sal- Salom's eyes after this incident.
1: Oh, for sure, and I mean, it's so funny too because I think the other thing is, as I just said, like he say- saying he looks different to him. I think he sees beneath the charisma and the bravado because Kang sort of says to him like that he had no choice, like oh, what else was I going to do or something like that. I mean, that's not what he says, but it's along the lines of that, and. Like, he basically says to Solom, you know, what else did he have? What choice did he have but to play along with the situation sort of thing? When in actual fact, he could have turned around and just, like, run off, like, as soon as he saw what was going on. So he he definitely had a choice, but he chose to do the right thing.
0: So they settled on being even, and as I said, it wasn't entirely satisfying to me in the beginning because I felt like more needs to be done by Kang. Me as the viewer, I still feel like he needs to do more the whole situation makes even more sense while, uh, when time passes and you see them interact and you see this wind and windmill thing being explained and brought up again and again and again. And it's about them being kind of perfect for each other and natural with each other and easy to be, it's easy for them to be with each other and they fit and they're meant for each other and to complete each other as well, right?
1: Well, it- It's funny that you put it like that because while you're talking, I'm thinking about the whole idea of a wind and windmill. And obviously this comes into play later on. We have the whole comment about that, which we'll get to afterwards. But I was just thinking about it because, yeah, like what is a windmill without wind? I mean, it's a useless piece of junk essentially. It does nothing. It has no function without the wind. It needs the wind to have
0: purpose. Yeah, but the wind doesn't need the windmill, right?
1: No, but the wind... Not really. No, I think the wind does because without the wind, without the windmill, what purpose does the wind have? It's just blowing. It's just existing. It's not serving any purpose. It's just, it's just there, which is very... Well, okay, like the geological. wind can have,
0: well, the wind can have other purposes then. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, okay, like, look. Like, but okay. I feel like in this situation, Kang, if you... uh. Look into this metaphor more, like windmill needs the wind even more, and it's funny because Kang is the one who keeps bringing up this metaphor. It's like, I need you, I need you, I need you, you know
1: oh yeah I look i I think I think then that will be something that we definitely see in the future. We'll definitely see it more from Kang, I think than from salon, but i I mean without getting into the broad reasons and function of weather patterns of <laughs> like I, know, I mean I we know, could go I into know. it. <laughs> I'm not a meteorologist, but I'm just saying, just in general, as a metaphor, you know, for Salom's life, he's just existing. He's just surviving. His relationship yeah. with Kang is giving him purpose, is giving him like a sense of, you know, being, I guess, of actually being in the moment and not just existing.
0: Yes. And then they talk, and the tutor student dynamic actually starts, and they start, they actually accept these roles. Well, it's, and it's the transactional relationship, as you call it, it starts between them, yeah. And Salem is the one who sets it up.
1: He does, because Kang actually asks him. <laughs> well, not asks him, he tries to give him the money as compensation, which, you know, like, if you look at the damage that he's done to Salem in terms of, like, you know, uh, emotional, uh, financial, like, whatever, like, a monetary offer of compensation is not out of line. But, of course, he rejects it in favor of tutoring Kang. So it's like, why why does he set up that transaction?
0: What I, think, what I think is interesting is that he could have just said no to the money and started being friends with him. But it's like he needs this to be a transaction. He needs this like a contract because otherwise it would not make sense to him.
1: Yeah, it's because his life is – that's what his life is like. It's so transactional. And I guess because they're – at this point in time, in his mind, they're so uneven. As you said, what, why would they spend time together? They're not friends. For them to become friends as well would probably be, would have been more of a stretch. From like bully to friend to bully to tutor is less of a jump. Do you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. though, yeah, even yeah. though it's, we all know it's way more significant in this moment what's happening with them. But the the transition for them to to suddenly be friends would just be like now that would be like a major league whiplash because. You know, no one would understand it. Like, their friends, like, no one would understand it. And it would be probably, it probably would have been a little bit weird maybe as well. Like, I don't know. It's hard to know. But instead, what we get is Salome suddenly starts to expect things from Kang, which is interesting. Yeah, Because, you know, he starts sort of, like, thinking about him more. And so as he teaches him and and sort of I guess encourages him and all that he he expects him to to stick to you know his word and that because he's seen like this I guess responsibility in him in this sort of like savior role he knows that he's not just like a flake and that it's there and
0: yeah maybe that's why when we had the scene of Salom waiting for Kang and Kang is playing with his friends and then he sees, he looks at the time and he sees that he's already late. He did not, was not intending to go there to study with Salom, but he thinks about uh, what happened. He We have these flashbacks and it's this responsibility, he feels responsible in this moment, I think. And yeah. that's why he comes over and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm late. Like, it's so that. different from the way he was before. <laughs>
1: I know, but I love that bit too because, like, it's so kind of, like, funny to me and interesting because, as you said, he goes there. Like, he knows because he knows what salon is like. Like, he knows that he's going to be in the library waiting for him, like, without a doubt sort of thing. But then when he shows up there and he's actually there, he looks surprised to find him there. It's like, dude, you went there. Like, you knew he was going to be there waiting for you. Like, why are you surprised? And... It's so funny because he just knows he was determined enough to stay, you know? When he says about, like, when you said how, like, he apologizes for being late and everything, and Salom's like, I wasn't waiting, when he clearly was. I mean, come on. He's sitting there and he kept looking at the clock and stuff.
0: And now Kang wants approval from Salom, and that's also, I think, uh, what influences his behavior and him asking for forgiveness for being late.
1: Yeah, it's like because he feels that expectation from Salom. And, oh my God, the test, that poor baby. That poor baby. He was so excited when he thought he did well on the test.
0: (laughs) Yes, also approval. And Salom is so confused as to why Kion Kang even came. And I'm like, he came to save you. He's here to save you. (laughs)
1: He's like, he came. Yeah, well, in actual fact, you're not actually wrong because... Like, how long would have Salam sat there waiting if he had, like, if he hadn't come when he did? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would have sat there for a few hours. Well, he did. (laughs) No, but, like, even more, you know, like, people were leaving the school, it's getting dark, he's still sitting there waiting, like, on the off chance he might show up. Um, even Even though, like, he's smarter than that. So, I mean, in a sense, Kang did kind of save him again by, like, turning up
0: when he actually did. And then we see the scene where uh, his father is presented for the first time, and he comes home unexpectedly and catches Kang playing video games. And the music that they put in the background made me quite nervous. It was like something that you'd use in a scene where the character is is afraid, or is expecting to be hit, or something like this. And then his father smiles at Kang, looking so tense and guilty. Because even though there are no expectations, he obviously feels like a disappointment. And then the music stops, and the father's like, come on, it's fine. And his father kind of looked uncomfortable. Like, he looked uncomfortable with the idea of putting any pressure on Kang. And he started reassuring that he doesn't expect much of him, which actually made Kang feel worse. And it's, yeah. lo- it's like he can not understand Kang at all and his needs, and he just...
1: No there's no
0: connection between them
1: that's right he has this really complicated relationship I I must admit I didn't notice the music um when I was watching it but I did get this like really uncomfortable vibe like I I really didn't know what we were going to get from the father because I also got the creepy like violent father vibe from him and most of that came from the way Kang reacts to him like to him being in his space you know and that's it's so unusual because like his father is like the opposite of that, but then I suppose like it's it's a it's kind of like you know he has no expectations for his son whatsoever, which of course has now lent him to you know wanna prove himself and everything like he's dying to have, to have someone to have expectations of him, and then like he comes along so long but he it's almost like the way he the way he reacts to his father is. Not like he's afraid. It's not like he's afraid of him, but he he kind of doesn't know like what to expect from him. Even though he knows, you know what I mean. Like it's like ugh, it's how I'm like I'm explaining this really bad, but it's like he, he doesn't act like he should. Like the father doesn't act like he should. So like most fathers, when their sons were like slacking off or something, you know, they would get angry, or they would you know. So he reacts. It's like it's like Kang reacts to the way he thinks his father should act, like the roles he thinks they should be playing, even though his father is not participating in that relationship, if that makes any sense.
0: And the father knows about the torturing, and he asks if he should speak to grandma about it, and gets Ken on the hook.
1: Yeah, he's basically like, you don't need to be smart, just graduate, as long as you graduate, it's all good um it's like well because if we think about other Thai shows we've seen and we look at privileged people he doesn't need to do well does he because his father can just pay for him to get a place in university like that's what we've been shown um whether or not that's actually true of Thai society I don't know but that is what I seen. we've seen in other dramas where like privilege you know they can it's all about who you know and how much money you've got, you know. And that's a a lot of the way in a lot of places in the world, you know. Um, money talks, right? So his father's like, Yeah, as long as you don't fail, I can probably like, you know, <laughs> we can make it work. He's mm-hmm. Like, just have fun, you know, like and uh, and so Kang makes a bargain with his father because he wants to he wants him to have expectations and he wants to meet them. So he makes this bargain to get the the bike, the motorcycle. Um, you know, if I pass all my exams, exam buy me a motorcycle.
0: I think it's interesting how it happens because the thing that he does with his father here uh, regarding the ba- bike is basically the same thing that Salam does to him. It's, it's a deal. It's a transactional agreement of sorts. Like, yeah. I know you want to give me this, but I need a contract and I want you to need something from me as well. And yeah. it's just exactly what Salom did to him. And it's, I think it's not something that he has tried doing with his father before. Maybe this idea, maybe this was inspired by Salom's actions.
1: Yeah, he's already been tutored.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> he, he's already learning things.
0: Yeah, then Salom with his friends finds him oh studying. And waiting for his tutor.
1: Yeah, and, and... like his friends teasing, teasing the fuck out of the fact that about Kang and the kiss and everything. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I, I once again have to mention, I think Otto is like at the shipping stage right now because he's just like, if he gets out of line, just give him another kiss. <laughs> it's like, really? Really?
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because well, he suffered so much because of it. And now
1: oh, no, he's, so, like, <laughs> he's just so, like, so giddy about it, yeah. I, it's funny, like, when people find out later on when they start dating, when their friends find out, it'll be interesting to see the reactions. You can kind of see that Guy and Kang's friend that, you know, he's going to be in the second couple, we think. Um, they, they're either going to react one or the other way. They're either going to be like, oh, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's not a big deal or something because they've got their own shit that they're hiding. Or they're going to, like, act crazily out over the top, you know, like, in outrage because they've got something they're hiding. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Otto's just going to be like, so, do you kiss a lot?
0: <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, now... I feel like
1: out of all of the friends, he'll be the least, like, one would have a problem with it. Which And he should really honestly be the one who has the most problem with it. Um, but I mean, I could be wrong. He might be absolutely like outraged, but I don't know. I feel like this boy is fangirling.
0: <laughs> and then we get the tutoring. It starts, and the long stares start, and oh, the subtle, flirting on Kang's part with the "I used to dislike it, but now I'm starting to like it." And I'm like,
1: yeah, the, <laughs> the metaphor about the subject. That's right. Yeah. You know, yes. I used to not like it, but now I'm starting to like it. It's like, uh, okay, uh, about yeah. you guys, it's totally and
0: about them. Salam just deflects, but the look he gives him is like, what does he mean? Like, he sees a lot in in those words, and he's wondering and he's confused and he's like, <gasps> you know. Well, <laughs> and I mean, so it's like,
1: it's it's so obvious that he's talking about them. Like, I used to not like this thing, but now I like really like it. It's like. It's like it's kind of like really bad flirting but they managed not to make it at all cringe. And then we get the I think it's the, is this the is first it the bad
0: of- is it the bad flirting? I thought that was actually really nice when you're with the character because she she, she shifted that uh, fast it maybe it was a bit weird and new but is it bad flirting though? Oh, maybe not.
1: Maybe I'm just <laughs> like too maybe I'm too cynical. Um but it's like I I just like the longing look. Like, is this the first of the longing stares that we get? Yes, I think it is. It is, it is the first one. It's like this long, meaningful stare, and I swear it's for like. I feel like we should go back and time it because it seems like it goes for fucking forever. <laughs> and it also seems like it should be the most awkward thing ever, and it's not because they're not uncomfortable. Like they are completely, totally fine with just sitting there staring at each other, in that way. Yeah.
0: I Absolutely. want to talk about this. I want to talk about this uh, a bit later about the fact mm-hmm. how this uh, these things these long stairs uh incorporated very well into the story.
1: yeah, well, I mean it's just i think it's i mean at this point in time it's a it's a good indication already about like how close they are
0: yeah um, and now Salam teaches Kang and he just accepts it and yeah. then the they study study. Until late, and time flies for them when they're together, which means that they're really comfortable with each other. Right? That 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 thing was there for a reason. Like it was, besides the fact that uh, it was an opportunity for Kang to drive Salaam home, it's it's there because you know they feel so well with with each other. It's so easy. It's like they're know they've known each other for years. Yeah, and just time so- flies
1: that's right and they're really like they have this we 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 see and we're starting to see more and more as as the episodes go along but since the incident at the end of episode two they have this like really easy physical dynamic as well like there's no weirdness about them being like touching one another Okay,
0: you're saying this and my note next note is like the moment on the bike when Salam hesitates to hold onto Kang and holds onto his back. There is some. There is some.
1: There is okay, I've jumped it down a little bit. But after after that, after that moment, okay, let's talk about that moment first. That moment does come first. He, he does he and this was this is what i was talking about i think early in the earlier episodes i mentioned like in the last episode in the last podcast rather um i mentioned about how you know as we go along we're seeing these moments with um salon where he's like kind of like like has the butterfly crush sort of like oh yeah moment. Um, whereas, like with Kang, like we don't really get those. We we do have one of them in episode four, like towards the end of episode four. But generally, his moments are just like he's like he he's, he's falling. And he, yeah, he has no idea. It's like Kang, get up. <laughs> 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 he, he's fallen and he needs assistance. He's, yeah, he's um, falling
0: yeah. really hard. Like yeah, like he's, sudden he's, and it's yeah. uh, a lot. For so, Salam, so it's more. Um...
1: <sighs> to me, it's like. Kang's okay okay this is this is how I'm in my mind it's working with them so from Kang from Kang's point of view or Kang's like feelings uh seems to be more based in emotion and uh attraction like, well yeah not, but not like necessarily like maybe physical attraction I'm not not saying that he doesn't think he's attractive or he doesn't think he's cute or anything like that but we really haven't seen like a moment where he's looked at Solom and been like you know like you'd be like yeah, yeah he was totally checking him out like we haven't had anything like that it's more intellectual it's like he he's fascinated by Solomon Solomon has yeah. these, like these things these these qualities that he is so attracted to like he exactly wants, yeah he wants he wants like um to be with him and to like like this togetherness but it's like really kind of at this point in time it's like really like actually quite deep, which is why he's falling so hard, I think. Whereas with Salom, to me, it seems more like hesitant, like puppy play for, like physically attracted, like crush type stuff. Gratitude now. Yeah, he's very aware of like um, Kang as a physical entity, whereas um, Kang doesn't seem to be that aware of Salom in the same way. Like, we get little hints of it, but not not really until sort of like specific things like at the end of episode four and that which we'll get to when we talk about episode four. But um, it's more it's it seems more intellectual and more like emotional driven than you know. Whereas when and so we see that bit on the bike where basically I I mean I I love the bit with the bike. You know, like he he basically kind of it, in a in a sort of a way. Um, King is really pushy about <laughs> giving him a ride home. Um, he's, got that savior thing happening but it's like i mean he doesn't bully him into it but i feel like he's um uh he's very he's very like no you know i should take you home it's late you know he's persistent
0: yeah and salam yeah. does have that flashback moment when yeah he... he's
1: like should he trust Think... him like before he yeah. gets on the bike, he's like we've just and this is the thing like they've just spent all this time together they've been through all this stuff and he still has that moment of hesitation where he's like should I trust him or not like it's like he has like a yes or no moment and he decides yes and it's interesting because I feel like him deciding yes in that moment is like yes from now on because um there's a scene which we'll talk about in a little bit that I completely when I was watching it had a moment about and I was really shocked when he didn't like echo that moment and that sentiment because I was like why are you not feeling like me um (laughs) forgetting that I'm not the characters. Um and it, i feel like it's because of in this moment here he's decided to trust Kang.
0: Shimon's play uh, Shimon's song plays in the background and we see him enjoying this moment and it feels like he revels in it and it's a thing that he's not going to explore or share with anyone. It's yeah. there only for him.
1: Yeah. And it's like it's it is, it's, there's that moment where like um as you're saying, like, he gets on the bike, he said yes he, in my, in his mind, he's agreed. Um, he's agreed to the transaction of ride home <laughs> and, yep. um, uh, and of trusting him. And, but he's like, how do I, how do I, in this situation, because they've not really, he hasn't really physically interacted with Kang um, at all, except for the, the their first kiss, which was, like, not really, doesn't really count uh the time he hit him and then the and then when Kang like comforted him after his traumatic experience and i don't know how much of that he's actually retained anyway like i mean i'm sure there you know there's stuff that he's you know he must he must you know pull that out when he's in bed at night and like think about it and giggle like a, like a <laughs> <very well>. uh, <laughs> cuz i know oh. i would <laughs> i feel like he's I'm this film but <laughs> sorry
0: they should feel mad. I want to see that.
1: <laughs> if he does, like, he was so strong and manly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's just like he's—he's he's awkward because I feel like he is so aware of Kang, like physically. Um, yeah. And whereas, like, Kang is just like you're an Clueless. idiot, like hold on to me, sort of thing. And you know. Makes him hold on and everything, and yeah, as just said, then uh, I, I was gonna say the actor's name instead of the character's name, and then Salome is just like <laughs> you know, um, and they just said enjoying it, loving life, living life, um, and and we do sort of get a little bit of a like kind of happy smile from Kang too. It's like he's he's not like overly experiencing it the same way, I don't think, but he's definitely acknowledging that he's not not enjoying it.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's a thing that. He feels that Salam accepted him and I guess, uh, decided to trust him and he basically well, feels he, redeemed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I
1: think, it, I think it also like ties into that whole idea of like savior, you know, um, yep. thing too, because like he's, he's accepted his like, keep, way of keeping him safe, you know, sort of thing, I guess, um, is another way to look at that too.
0: Yeah, and then Kang... Brings him to the restaurant to eat steak and to share the thing he loves, and he looks so smug and pleased with himself to do that for S- Salam because it's for his first time trying uh, the steak, and it it obviously is not a place where he could go and just eat, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's funny that you you brought that up next because I've literally got like he wants to prov- like he's seen the way he lives and he wants to provide. For him, and he might not realize that that's what he's doing. Like, money isn't anything to him, you know. Like, it's it's nothing to him. But the gesture itself is really sweet, especially because, as you said, he chooses to share something with him that's like his favorite. So, but yeah, I, the, the the moment I was talking about earlier, where it was like the the bit where I, I felt like um Salom should have had his questioning, do I trust him or not? Moment was when um Kang ordered the extra steak and then got up and went to the toilet. My oh, yeah, I was, remember. My, <laughs> you were like, I thought you'd leave him alone. <laughs> my immediate thought was, you better not abandon him, you <laughs> I can't remember. But, Did I leave you voice messages? Yeah. Or oh, then yes. I recorded them, didn't I? And then I sent them to you after you'd watched it. Yeah, because my my I think my internal commentary was, you bastard, you better not leave him no. now. <laughs> Or something like that. Because that. You trust what, him him yeah.
0: less than Salam at that moment.
1: Yeah, and but Salom didn't even like like he just like kept you know cutting his steak and eating it, and he was like like not even concerned. So that's what I meant by well, I him like when he had that moment of like indecision and decided to go with yes, he was like yes from now on for sure. Like
0: well, you see that's why it's we blush because we're not there yet. Maybe Salom is, but we as viewers we're not there yet. We see him <laughs> and we're suspicious and we expect him to do something stupid. Yeah, but it's okay. Think- he like by the end of the episode i was there as well
1: yeah i mean i think the other thing that i really really like this whole bit with the restaurant and that i really really liked so i loved how he ordered extra food so Salom could not only enjoy enjoy it and be able to eat more of it um but also to share it with his brother like it's a very thoughtful of him yeah yeah it's such an easy thing to do i mean he can afford it but it shows that he already cares you know and um he cuts the
0: meat for yeah, him
1: cutting the meat but do you know what I loved besides the cutting the meat is how he taught Salom how to do it himself like he says yeah neck for next time yeah like he says to him like like not not that he would never not cut it for him if Salom wanted him to because I feel like that's totally up his alley like he would be right on that but he he's intelligent enough to know that Salom would want to be able to do it for himself and also it's like he he's a a like a, an intelligent, learning sort of person, um, and so he takes the time to actually show him how to cut it himself, and I loved that. I thought that was such a a little tiny scene that we like they didn't actually need to put in there, but it just it shows once again so much care already in there and so much understanding of who Salom is as a first pers- Salom is as a person, um. But yeah, and he just like just watching him like eat the food and like watching. Um. so enjoy he's enjoying so much like sharing new things with him providing for him the way he says like he's it's it's his favorite meal that he's he's chosen to you know share and everything sure. yeah i want to sort of talk a little bit about like i feel like kang is he at this point It's 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 pretty clear that he wants someone to expect things from him like we can see that you know that he wants someone to count on him he wants it to be his dad at first but of course he he wants someone to believe in him and Salom is like the like you know probably the first person besides his grandmother and the girl maybe um the girlfriend who really see him and that but it's like it's different you know what i mean it's not it's not on the same level he's the You know, Salom is the adult. It's like he almost needs someone to care and look after him. But he, I mean, like, it sounds strange because he's so independent and everything. And he's really, honestly, looks to be like he's the one taking care of his brother. And I feel like that's why he needs someone. Like, he's so the adult in that household. But I feel like he needs someone else who can take over and, like, just, like, keep him safe. Someone he can trust, you know? Um, Maybe
0: someone who can let him be a teenager because yeah. he he's an adult and it feels like he doesn't have time to to enjoy life.
1: Well, that's right. And like by to, I mean, time
0: for himself, yeah. That's for right. himself. And
1: and Kang, you know, with his ease of money and all the rest of it and being, you know, uh, supportive and and there to step in when things are, you know, bad or dangerous or whatever, um gives him that affords him that, you know, role of normal teenage
0: boy. Then we see Kang bringing him, bringing Salam home oh, yes. this and is- we have that moment <laughs> when he's like, Salam asks him why he's curious yeah. to know why he is changing, why he's trying, why he's studying, what happened, because there's a difference between his attitude during their first lesson and the attitude uh, from the day that they are in. And so Salom says it's for his grandma. He's not ready to open up. He says it's for his grandma. It's the easy explanation because Salaam already saw the grandma, saw the relationship, and everything. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at um Salam is like, Do you want me to say I wanted you to be proud of me? And I was like, Do you want him to want you to say that? Like he always has this thing, like of asking questions that actually Reveal things that actually are declarations and not really questions, and I thought I find that really cute and charming and interesting.
1: Yeah, he's totally exposing himself every time he does it. It's hilarious. Exactly. And the really funny thing is, is I don't think he actually realizes what he's doing. Like, I mean, I could could be wrong because, like, every now and then he sort of seems to, to like, it looks like he knows what he's doing, but I kind of feel like he doesn't really know what he's doing. Like, I feel like this is his (laughs) first rodeo in terms of romance, and so. He's not you know like a hundred percent sure what he's doing. he's stumbling around in the dark, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just seeing what happens, but yeah, I mean, when he asks that, I mean slum is a little bit flustered by it, <laughs> which is kind of cute, um because it definitely at that point it does it does definitely kind of feel a bit like a flirt like it's it's so out of left field, like why would you say that <laughs> like it's just exactly like, it it has talk? to be a flirt, yeah, yeah, and then he's so shocked by the extra gesture of, like, food as well. Um smitten. Yeah, and he's so shocked by it that he doesn't even argue. He just takes it, you know what I mean, with, like, a little smile. Okay, Um. so see on oh, the second day, and it's uh, a scene with Kang and his friends, and he basically has forgotten that it's his birthday, um, like, the next day or something, which is so freaking sad to me. Like, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm an adult, but I still get excited about my birthday. And I think it's really really sad that he could, you know, forget about his birthday. But yeah. And then so then they're teasing him because he's like, oh, "I might have to be tutored or whatever." And his friends are like, "Is he your tutor or your lover?" And I'm like, "Why are the friends like doing this?"
0: And um, thinking regarding the birthday and the fact that he plans on spending it with Salam. maybe it's never an event that is actually celebrated. It never feels like it's a celebration. It's just another day when he kind yeah. of gets disappointed. But with Salom, it doesn't feel like his time is being wasted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, cause clearly he could have made an excuse and changed days or whatever. And I mean, if he had said to Salom, oh, it's my birthday, he would have been like, oh, okay, well, well, I'll catch you tomorrow. You know, like he's not going to make a big issue out of it or anything. But, um, yeah, when his friends were, like, teasing and that, and they're, like, about, oh, is he your tutor is he your lover and all that, I'm just, like, well, let's get back to you on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so funny because then, of course, we go on, you know, and he's been studying and he's doing the tests and stuff like that, and he's doing really well. And, and him being so excited about doing well is, like, super cute. Because he really, really just likes it when Salomé like, praises him; like he loves it.
0: And then we have the English learning adventure, practicing English. They oh, go basically. They, it's like they're going on a date together. Yeah. And the scene when they're trying to get into the club—it's it's hilarious. I can hardly watch it because it's—it's it's just so funny. It's hard it's, to watch. Oh, yeah. Everyone just.
1: I, I kind of yeah. I found it was like like they're acting like. It's so funny to me because there's so good they but their bad acting in that was so fucking bad it was like cringeworthy. and I'm just, I'm getting I get secondhand embarrassment like watching it I'm exactly. like you hey, no, you're a good actor stop it
0: Yeah and also we see a lot of Salam teasing Kang
1: We do he really in this episode, it because he he works out that like he can get a a reaction out of him like um yeah. it, it seems funny to me that he's only just realized that but It's like, dude, this is the whole reason he was bullying you because, like, (laughs) you get a reaction out of him so easy. You literally just have to, like, (laughs) exist and he's, like, bothered by it. (laughs) Except now he's bothered in a whole other way.
0: Yes, and then we see Kang trying to speak with foreigners and then they both find a group of foreigners and they speak to them. And the debt collector guy sees them, notices them and this will mm. come up later yeah so and then there's the food moment and the teasing with the food like um they try something new and salon gets him can't to try i
1: feel like they were eating grasshoppers or something because they eat like
0: they i eat have no insects. idea
1: they eat insects over there like not everybody but like in the in the street markets and that i saw it on an episode of like the amazing race or something um where they like eat like grasshoppers and stuff. And that's like, that's what it looks like. I mean I could be wrong. I would love maybe. to know that or like little dehydrated fish or something. I don't know. I, I it would be really cool if someone knew what it was that they were eating.
0: I thought I may, I thought maybe that was dehydrated fish, but Yeah. Like little, little and so fish maybe. Yeah, and they already are so comfortable with it with each other. I mean, Gang feeds him from his head, like he gives that him that fish or bug or yeah. whatever that is. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like this is like where that that comment I made about like they, there's no they are so comfortable with each other physically. They there's like there's no it's almost like when it's the two of them, there's no like this is my personal space bubble. Like, you know how, you know, normally I mean I know I do and I'm probably sure sure you do too. Like we have this invisible bubble around ourselves, which is like, you know, this is my no go zone, basically. If you step closer than I like you to, I will usually Step back, or I will move away, or like whatever you know, and that's what we're like with most people, except usually like people that are our loved ones or whatever. And even with them, sometimes we step back because we're like, no, no, no. Um, but they it's like they have no personal space bubble when it's the two of them, and it's really interesting because I've only ever seen that like a couple of times in real life where, um, like I've had you know, friends who are couples and stuff who. I like that, like, 100% of the time, you know, because like, most people, you know, it'll be hot or something, and you're like, you don't want your partner to touch you it because it's too fucking hot. It's like, no, just don't, or, like, whatever, or, or you're mad, or, like, whatever. But, like, these couple, like, even when they're mad, they're in each other's space, and, like, they're, no one's backing away. Like, they're just, even when they're angry, they're most comfortable when they're within touching distance of one another. And it's really, I feel like they have this, like, weird... Um, <clears throat> Salom and Kang seem to have this sort of weird connection as well, where there's like they're, you know, like just so comfortable physically with each other, and it makes like zero sense. Um, I mean, yeah, they got kind of Im- intimate after the um, traumatic end <laughs> of episode two, but even that doesn't really warrant this like um, easy, natural kind of physicality that they have with each other. It's like they're, it's like they're yeah. so in sync.
0: The story tells us that they're special. That their connection is special. It's this. Mm. This is what the story is about. How they're so. Um, it's it's a love story about two people who were made for each other, and that's why everything works like this Mm-mm. with them.
1: It's so funny because I think later on I have like a whole discussion about that. <laughs> yes, me <you> too. <laughs> about like how they're different, but yeah. So um, I so noticed. I'm pretty sure as well that this is the first time that Perth's song is played? Like, it's 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 played when they're at the bar? Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah.
0: I thought it was the first time it was um, during episode four.
1: I literally have the first, part, first time Perth's song is at the bar, so I don't know. And Interesting. I put it mark. So it was definitely the song, but I, I wasn't sure if it was the first time.
0: So then... There uh we had the moment where Kenk Kang shares about his father mm. for the first time.
1: Yeah. He tells and it's like, him about
0: the expectations.
1: That's right, he lowers his shield with him. And I feel like he can do that because like Salom lowered his shield, you know, back in episode two. Um but I oh my god, I, he broke my heart when he was like, I'm good for nothing. And I'm just like I had all that's... of these thoughts
0: you know like, that's probably yeah what happens when no one expects anything from you
1: oh of course you know you think and it, you,
0: they don't expect they don't need me they don't uh expect me to help them to be there for them there's right. like I cannot I there's nothing that can, I that I can offer that they need from me or want from me yeah and so
1: and it's like it's it's probably easy to see why like he's so angry and bullies because, you know, there's there's two two modes to that. Actually, there's three things to that. One, like, as you're saying, like, it's like, he's like, no one needs or wants anything from me. Like, literally the only thing that people want or need from him is money. And, like, that would really just be, like, piss you off, really, and make you sad. And
0: that's not even his money. It's his father's money.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then, um, you know, it's I almost wonder if he is – um bullying and that is well it has to be doesn't it it has to be like a way of him like acting out is he trying to get his father's attention is he trying to like because you know it's almost like he has no expectations of me like i'm i might as well at least do something and then maybe i'll at least get his attention like it doesn't matter anyway like it's like he expects nothing of me i don't know I don't know where I'm thinking, where where my my thought process is with that, but like I've just, I was so sad when he said that.
0: He tells Salam about the deal with the bike, mm. and now Salam has this information. And then we get the scene where the that guy that they talked with in that bar Mark. proposes, Mark um offers Salam to go to his room. And Salam is quite chill about it. Like he's, he's uncomfortable. He doesn't want to go. He says no multiple times, but he's quite chill somehow. And I see, I notice we see him look at the money several times and it's there for a reason because it makes it look like it's a tempting idea actually for him.
1: Mm. Although I think, I think when the, the, when he actually offers him the money, I feel like he's more uncomfortable. I get I get what you're saying too. Like it's definitely there's it's a tempting transaction, but at the same time it's like he's it's not something that's been offered to him before, I think.
0: Well, and then Kang jumps in and his his um behavior does not fit the situation at all. Like he jumps in aggressively and he really, really escalates the situation instead of de-escalating it. <laughs> and then we, they get they get into this fight. It's so funny. And then they have to run.
1: You and I have completely different opinions on this scene. Yeah, yeah. He went like full hard, full like. I think the thing is, yeah, I don't know. See, I saw it differently. I thought he, I thought Salom <laughs> Salom looked uncomfortable. I thought he was like relaxed in the beginning. I agree with you. He was like fairly chill. And then I thought when the guy was being pushy about anything, I thought he seemed more and more uncomfortable. I don't think he was at the stage where like he needed Kang to like rescue him or anything.
0: <laughs> I I, h- I agree he was uncomfortable, but I I agree with you that he was uncomfortable. I'm not saying that he wasn't. No. I agree.
1: But yeah, I don't I don't see him being tempted by that. Like I I didn't see that. But that that's just my that's you know it's good that we have different points of view. It would be boring if we agreed on everything. <laughs> um, but um, when you're saying about like he went, he, he like escalated the situation. I don't disagree, because clearly that's what happens. But it's like, I feel like in Kang's mind, if he perceived the situation in any at all the way that I did, then he would see that as coming to his rescue. But also, I feel like that would have just pissed him off, because like, whether he realizes it not or not or already, that like uh, Salom is not on offer for anyone else. <laughs> or he does not want him to be on offer for anyone else. So mm-hmm. it's it's a jealousy thing as well as a savior thing I feel like.
0: Yeah, that's that's why I think he acts Urashi. like this. Like <laughs> yeah. Like he does not fit the situation at all. <laughs> like, it's like there's there's a completely different vibe at the beginning and then he jumps in it's like, and is like, run! Yeah. And then the fight yeah, occurs. The,
1: yeah, the over the, the then... top part was the irrational uh, jealousy.
0: <laughs> then they have to run and they they fake kiss in order to hide from the guys that are following them. Yeah, the second And then kiss, we get... The second uh, uh I, I'm not counting this as a kiss. No, I think so sure like,
1: we have to do a kiss count, even though they're like the lamest kisses ever. <laughs> I'm hoping for an epic first kiss, and neither of these were it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Kang's like, was I good at kissing? <laughs> Flirting. In this situation, really... Really? Yeah.
1: He's, like, literally taking every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's literally just kissing his own thumb at this point.
0: And then they go to Kang's home. Mm. Why? But I don't know why, but yeah, they do. Yeah,
1: I, I was like, because it's so funny, because he Kang's like, oh, wait here, I'll you a ride home, sort of thing. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine, and it's like, why why did you follow him home if you weren't going there for a ride? Like what are you doing even? Like who is who is who is now, you know, infatuated with who sort of thing?
0: The friends the friends are there to congratulate Kang with his birthday.
1: Wait, before we get to that though, we need to talk about the fact that they come home, it's dark, they think like maybe the guys who are chasing them have followed them. Well actually only <laughs> I think only Kang thinks that. Slum's like, Don't be stupid. Um, oh, yeah. But when they get startled, like, when they get startled and they, like, end up holding on to each other. In actual fact, Kang grabs a hold of Salom and he's, like, holding on to him <laughs> like he's startled. But And it's just the friends. That was cute. Yeah, it's just the friends there with birthday gifts.
0: <laughs> Showing all their money, presents. Yeah.
1: yeah, basically, that's it. I mean, the birthday gifts shows that his friends only really know him in the most superficial way like they don't know any deep stuff like it's like
0: giving him the camera and and while when he doesn't really yeah not he's not really interested in that and he even says that
1: yeah like the gifts the gifts from his two friends like his two male friends are definitely about outdoing each other they're flexing their money and their connections only the girl has a gift that's considerate and that's and that's really yeah, just because she made it herself. But um, it's funny because it seems like, you know, none of the stuff that he's sharing with Salom he's shared with his friends. Like they, you know, he's told the most superficial version of it. So like they know that about the deal with the father to get the motorbike, but I'm sure it's in a, oh, if I do well, I'll get a bike. Like kind of conversation, not a, you know, I did this because I want him to <laughs> expect something of me conversation. Like I feel like that's not a conversation he's having with his friends.
0: And then the dad appears, oh. and he basically does the same thing. It's just the same. It's the same, showing off the money and doing it, giving a superficial present that shows that in a way it's super doing it superficially that show in a way that shows that he doesn't really know Kang.
1: But not only that. Like to go back to the conversation we were having earlier about how it seems like he comes off in the beginning as like kind of aggro and like violent. In the beginning of this scene as well, he's like, "Come with me outside." It's like, um, okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I feel like this char- the, the actor has no idea what this character is doing. Like, just
0: like, no, but they also they also add, add this music that uh makes the situation the like situation forebo- tense. Yeah,
1: like foreboding music. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not only the actor. This is done consciously. Like, yeah. and I I'm I wonder why.
1: Yeah, I know. I I feel like we'll we'll maybe we'll get some explanation later on, but. Yeah, so basically, his bar- his father has given him the bike that he tried to bargain good grades for, um, and that broke my heart, like for real, like, and the way that only Salom understood exactly how he would feel about that, um, and what it meant, um,
0: and Salom looked like he really empathized with Kang in that moment, and his heart also got broken for Kang.
1: Yeah, and I feel like now, in a sense, their roles have. Have um, reversed, and Salom's now gotten a glimpse behind the shields that Kang normally has put up, um, and he's understanding him better. You know, um, it's sort of—it doesn't necessarily put them on an even, even level, but it kind of does at the same time because it's like now they've both seen sort of ugly sides of each other's reality that they don't really show to anybody else.
0: Uh, and then we cut see Kang by the pool. You know, I I saw the behind the scenes, and apparently the scene was not. They did not intend initially initially to film the scene uh, by the pool, but they while filming it, I guess they realized they wanted it to be more dramatic, and they then decided to do it by the pool because pools <laughs> make everything more dramatic.
1: Yeah, and probably also it was hot, and then they were like, "Let's get in the water."
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And Salaam brings his own cake that he found in Kang's house and plays guitar. And Kang is genuinely grateful.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, he totally makes him smile. It's it's really cute. And just, like, the way Kang looks at him while he's, like, hand, like holding the cake for him and stuff and then the way Salom looks at him when he's, like, making his wish. I was like, oh. wow. Okay.
0: I thought, yeah, Salom looks at him with with love, like he has yeah. poppy eyes when and it's it's so symbolic that he stops him from blowing the candle and asks him to make a wish. Mm. It's like ask him to asking him to have a goal, basically. Yeah, well he's and asking, I wonder
1: he's asking and I want... expectations for himself.
0: And I wonder if we later find out what his birthday wishes because Salam asks and Kang doesn't respond. Maybe he wishes for a reason to to leave and funny day enough salon mm. became it
1: yeah and then like the the whole bit so like you know there's the um ken gets angry again because uh salon brings up the the bike and his father and he gets angry and he's gonna throw the keys and they wrestle and end up in the pool, like I suggested earlier. And we have, like, that moment. And, like, when they embrace and, and uh, Shinon's song starts.
0: First, Salom grabs Kang by his neck. And in that moment, Kang looks quite aggressive. Like, he's screaming. He's uh, yeah. like, you wouldn't want to come close to a person like this. But Salom grabs him by the neck and calms him down.
1: Yeah. He's not... He's not... As I said, once again, it's this—it's this idea of their personal space. He's not afraid to be that close to him. Like I feel like he—I feel like he already knows that the last thing now, this 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 version that he knows of Kang now, the last thing he wants to do is to hurt him and to physically hurt him. I mean, we still—we never really actually had a moment where Kang physically hurt, um, Salom. Like we didn't get that.
0: Yeah, we had Salom hitting Kang but not
1: yeah, vice that. versa yeah yeah and so and, and them holding each other like that I was just like oh it's just like it's such a little thing but it was also kind of everything as well
0: and it's the first time Salam actually offers him a reason to try he often he offers himself and his ex- expectations to Kang
1: to give him a reason
0: to keep him afloat yeah
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then we had that scene after the credits. The little when, memory. Uh, yes, and we get the story of the of Kang and his mother dropping off Salom during the rain, and Kang um, giving his umbrella with a windmill on it.
1: Yeah, well, or no, a, pin, so... a pinwheel. A pinwheel. Well, I mean, it, it's it, a pinwheel is a like a. Um like a kid's version of a windmill essentially and and this scene is from when they were kids so i think i think they did it purposely in that way um but also yeah i think it, as you said i think i think it's because it's like windmill looks like windmill but i also think it's because it's like the kid's version of it but yeah it, it gives us this further confirmation that he's made the right choice to trust king because he's like always been kind at heart like we see this glimpse of him as a kid, and he was this kind and considerate kid, and he just buried it under disappointment and anger,
0: basically. And this is how the episode ends with Salom smiling and basically accepting Kang, yeah. accepting his kindness, recognizing that it was always there, I guess. yeah. yeah, buried under all those ugly things.:
1: Yeah: Well, that was fun.
0: At least for us, it was.
1: If you made it to the end, I'm not sure if we should apologize or congratulate you.
0: But thanks again for spending your time with us.
1: We are hoping to post on a regular schedule, but it's all really new right now. So please check out our Twitter, Critically OBS, for all future posting schedules.
0: Bye for now. I'm Mirella.
1: And I'm Zoe. And we'll see you next time.